Toasties, I'm Missy, and I'm not here with my bestie Johnsy. Sad face. She's not feeling well today, guys, but I have two special guests with me today. I have my lovely husband, Lloyd, and her lovely man, Sean. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. You guys failed. <laughs> we were supposed didn't. to do that, you know, <laughs> well, together. Let's try was, that again. Kind of. Okay, Let's go ahead. Her. One, two, three. Hey y'all! Hey y'all! See, <laughs> you guys... no, you, we can't do it. We're not as we're not as good as she is. No, you guys are not. But you know, I appreciate I appreciate you guys throwing that in there because that's my favorite part of the show. In all honesty, um, but yeah, guys, uh, Johnsy is not feeling well today, uh, but hopefully she is with us in the next episode. She better be. She has no choice. I'll, she I'll, will be. I will be dragging her <laughs> sick ass to the to the mic. Uh, <laughs> But how was everybody's day so far today? I know on our end was pretty fucking crazy. But how about you, Sean? Uh, just work. I mean, work was crazy, honestly. Just a lot of annoying people. But uh, yeah, I mean, just a normal day in the mm-hmm. store's life. Fun stuff, fun stuff. <laughs> so you guys ready for this? Yeah, what are we talking about? So I was really, really excited to do this one with Johnsy, but we were talking about a young lady. Her name is Anna Elizabeth or Annalise Mitchell. I believe it's Mitchell. It's M-I-C-H-E-L. However, this place takes place in Germany. So I don't know for sure if it's pronounced Mitchell or maybe some something else because it's German. Yeah, Michelle. It could be, but it's a last name. So I don't know. I don't know. Anna Elizabeth Michelle, maybe. But Annalise was born on September 21st, 1952 in Leib... Bear with me here. This is a Germany city, but it's Leibelfing, Germany. <clears throat> she was born to a Roman Catholic, Roman Catholic family, and her parents were Joseph and Anna. And she had three sisters, and they were a very, very religious family and attended Mass twice a week. Now, there isn't much about her in her earlier childhood. Most of her information that we are going to talk about takes place when she was about 16. Um, Because that is when a lot of the stuff in her life started and things got really crazy for poor Annalise. When Annalise was about 16, she had suddenly blacked out and was walking around dazed. And when it happened, she did not remember it, but her friends and family said that she was in a trance-like state. Later that night, Annalise woke, claiming that she felt as if something was pressing down on her. She couldn't move, breathe, or speak and lost control of her bladder. Although the experience scared her a lot, when it didn't happen again, she kind of just let it out of her head and forgot all about it. And then, oh, wait, oh, hold on. Was she's was she asleep when this was happening? The second time it happened, she was uh, yes. She was kind of asleep and woke up. Almost sounds like a sleep paralysis. If you yeah, will. I was just gonna say. Sound yeah. I think you failed. How did I fail? Doesn't Johnsy normally say, what are you drinking over there? Oh, shit. See, I'm already like missing. No, I say that to her. <laughs> and because she's not here, I'm already all. D- I know Johnsy's way more beautiful than me, but. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> Which is why, guys, we don't have video with this one. Because we, we are doing a virtual recording as well again. We're just got, way we too got, ugly. You got two dudes trying to play a beautiful woman. <laughs> <laughs> But Sean, what are you drinking over there? Um, honestly, I'm gonna be honest. I'm drinking um Gatorade. So it was a hot day today. I I should be drinking Gatorade as well, but I'm not. <laughs> what are you drinking over there, babe? I'm drinking Knob Creek Old Fashioned Premixed. It is delicious. That is your favorite, and Sean. Uh, Lloyd found like this large ass bottle of it. I love it. It's 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 huge. Where'd you get it? I found it at the, uh, well, clearly it's liquor, so there's only one place I couldn't get it. Either. Well, yeah, I guess ABC store. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, I'm I drinking mean, 
I'm drinking mead, not that anybody asked. I was well, just going to say, and what are you drinking, babe? Oh, I'm, I'm pulling a Johnsy. Oh, my God. Somebody had, look, if Johnsy can't be here in person to hit the mic, somebody's got to do it for her. You just hit it like 10 times. Was I'm that smart. Lord? That was That Lord. was totally me. Oh, I'm, wow, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm drinking out of one of my Packer cups, and normally I, I have it and in my small. That's why you hit it. I, I know. Well, actually, you should have missed it then. <laughs> well, no, I should have been sacked, but we're not talking football right now. Well, you did. You sacked the mic. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if this was a good idea anymore now. <laughs> what? Why not? I... What do you mean? Anyways. So, back onto the story. I apologize, Toasties. Yes, it happened, like, in her sleep. Like I said, it sounded almost like a sleep paralysis, but... She went a whole year without it happening. So she kind of put that experience out of her, out of, out of mind. But after a year, it happened again, again at night while she was sleeping. She kind of had that feeling. So Annalise visited a neurologist, Dr. Siegfried Luthi, who did an EEG, which showed normal physical alpha type brain activity. And he later explained, quote, I judged from the description I was given that this was probably a case of cerebral seizures of the nocturnal type with symptoms of grand mal epilepsy. Now, grand mal consists of two stages, a tonic and a clonic phase. During the tonic phase, a person may lose consciousness and experience bodily respiratory paralysis as the muscles involuntarily contract. In the clonic phase, the person's face, arms, and legs spasm and jerk uncontrollably and rapidly. And when the body relaxes, the bladder may release, which, oh, now I'm hitting the mic, which at this time, Annalise's symptoms fit this criteria. So he did kind of diagnose her with um, the cerebral seizures of the nocturnal type with grand mal epilepsy. Now, grand mal, like we said, is is those two stages of um, the seizures, the shaking that people see, as well as um, losing that consciousness in other types of things, like the the feeling of the pressure on her chest that she explained and stuff like that. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, all of this just kind of happened overnight, like just go to sleep and you wake up in the middle of the night because all this stuff (laughs) happened. Yeah, that was... Jeez. Yeah, that... Yeah, that that is exactly kind of what happened. And that does happen with with seizures. Um, now, some people grow just like with allergies. You can grow in them and grow out of them. Epilepsy is one of them as well. Actually, my dad as a child had epilepsy and they were petite mal, which doesn't involve the convulsions and the shaking it's just more of the blank stare spacing out. You don't really notice anything around you. Um, and then eventually they led to Grand Mall, which is where the convulsions and everything else happens. And that's why the Grand Mall has the two phases. Petite has one. Now, one day while praying her rosary, Annalise said that she smelt something sweet, like a waft of violets, and had this euphoric feeling that lasted into the next day. She was then found by the girls to be in a trance-like state with her hands rigidly outstretched like when you have a cramp or like when you see cats stretching out their paws. And then after her third seizure, Annalise experienced one of the longest lasting side effects, which was a grimacing face. And with this, she ended up back at the doctor's for another EEG, which this time showed irregular alpha patterns with some theta and delta waves, but again, nothing pathological. So you can see, like, she's starting to get this increase in the brain of unfortunate problems. Mm. Um, By 1973, Annalise was reported to have changes in her behavior. She was irritable and withdrawn. She was prone to lashing out in anger And this led her to a deep and prolonged depression, which was so serious that she even contemplated suicide. Now, that 
broke my heart because to get to that point is just, it's really, really sad. I think it's actually kind of crazy, like listening to y'all's podcast and hearing how most of these people's, um, I don't know, triggered are typically from like mental health or childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely a lot of a lot of problems when it comes to crime and other types of like horrible things. It is it is a big mental health issue that is not being addressed, and it's sad. And we'll 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 leave it at that for right now. I'm not gonna get on that soapbox. <laughs> um, Toasties, I hope you have your water with my arms. She would go to say to her therapist, quote, this is no longer a depression. This is a condition. Someone else is manipulating me. My will is not my own. She also said she could not love sufficiently and that she felt ice cold. She also told her boyfriend, because she, she was dating at the time at this point, I can't feel any love at all. I am numb. Sort of, I can't feel emotions like that. And that's really sad that she felt like she just had no attachment. Like so, so she just feels empty. Come, yeah, at this point, like, she, essentially she started to feel empty and like she was no longer in control of her body. There's just nothing there. Yeah. Later, she withdrew from her friends And one of her childhood friends noted that she had changed when she had gotten sick. She got quiet and would only keep talking if it was mostly religious conversations. Annalise became convinced of her own damnation. She started warning others of the end of the world. And she believed that she had personal visions and communications with the Virgin Mary. And became drawn to the life of Barbara Weigand, W-E-I-G-A-N-D. And this was a Catholic mystic and prophetess who claimed to also have experiences with and visions of the Virgin Mary. So you can see she's getting very withdrawn. She's feeling empty. And her main focus is getting more and more into religion. Very conjuring uh, vibes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So eventually, um, Annalise's doctor actually ended up diagnosing her with temporal lobe epilepsy. So she ended up going back to the doctor, which is a disorder that causes seizures, loss of memory, and experiencing visual and auditory hallucinations. So going back now... She would claim that she would see the Virgin Mary and have communications with her. She would be in these trance-like states that she had no clue what was going on. And she didn't even remember them happening. And she had that time where she also, like, had that massive euphoric feeling. Both ictal and interictal, which is a during, uh, during and between the onsets of a seizure... Experiences of depersonalization, realization have long been associated with partial seizures arising from the frontal lobe. Now, a little bit about temporal lobe epilepsy to kind of give more of a insight about to kind of get a more of an insight of what's to come. It, temporal lobe epilepsy can also cause what's called Gret. I also listen to how to pronounce this is Gushwin syndrome which is a disorder marked by hyper-religiousity, which is a psychiatric disturbance in which a person experiences intense religious beliefs or episodes that interfere with normal functioning. It generally includes abnormal beliefs and focus on religious content or even atheist content. So it could be one or the other, whether you're very, very religious content or you're focused on no religious content. So, so it's extreme, one or mm. the other. Yes. Now, this is kind of the rare, like, comobility of the temporal lobe epilepsy. 
Um, it only occurs in about 7% of patients with temporal lobe epilepsy. It consists of features of, like I said, hyper-religiosity, hypergraphia, which is the driving compulsion to write or overwhelmingly urge to write. And this could actually result in someone having voluminous journals or random papers all over to make sure they could jot letters and notes on. Um, also, hyposexuality, which is the no sexual feeling at all, but only for certain periods of time, and also irritability. So as you're seeing already, just with a little bit about Annalise, she has a lot of these symptoms going on, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She also said that she started to smell horrid wrenches that no one else could smell. Now, when adrenaline increases the production, it increases the production of sweat in our body. And this increase is going to cause an increase in body odor. And with the increase of sweat. And during the time of Annalisa's seizures, that is when the odor would happen. And it'd only be detected during the times that she believed that she all of a sudden would say she was being attacked by demons. What the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after her diagnosis, Annalise began taking medication for her epilepsy. She ended up enrolling in the University of Roosburg in 1973. And though she was on the medications for about a year... Uh, she felt that they seemed to have been failing her. Her condition progressed, and Annalise began to believe she was possessed by a demon and that she needed help. And she thought that she needed help outside of medicine. Because hmm. <clears throat> she went to the doctor. She got these diagnoses. She was put on medication, and they're not helping her. It wasn't doing nothing. So, so she she's thought. like... Yeah, like something else yeah. is going on. Exactly. And when was this? 1973. Damn. Mhm. Now I know we have some German listeners, so guys, if I am mispronouncing any of these things, please hop on our Instagram and stuff. Let me know how to properly pronounce these because I do apologize that I'm mispronouncing them. I am a horrible German myself. She began to see the face of the devil. And as stated before, she was convinced of her own damnation and would hear demons whispering in her ear, telling her these things that she would, um, that she was damned. And then she would rot in hell while she was praying. Could you imagine? Not, Sorry, Not Lord. to go too far and just like conspiracies, but do you think like... She's thinking and feeling all these feelings because it's things that she's feared and she's like overstimulating that in her brain. So she's like making it up? Not that she's making it like, up. She ge she genuinely probably believes it, but it's Yeah. Is it is it stuff like when you dream, you dream of things that you've seen as like a collage almost. You know, is is yeah. it things that she's kind of why are you giving me that smirk? Because John Z and I do this to ourselves all the time when we jump ahead, right. and that's our that's our sign. I mean, I mean, banter is good, good though. I I I hear you guys. You got you got <laughs> you got to hear more though. But okay. at this point, okay. while she she's having these situations happening, she concluded that she must be possessed. So with the medications not helping, she's hearing these voices of saying that she's damned and she's going to rot in hell. Annalise sought out help from a priest on her own first. And when she first approached the priest, he rejected her request, telling her that she needed to seek medical help and that they needed to seek permission from the bishop first anyways. Soon... Uh, Annalise's condition worsened and sh where she would rip off her clothes, she would repeatedly do squats and genuflect. Now, if Jeez. anybody doesn't know what genuflecting what means, that um, is something you do in the in the Catholic Church I've seen primarily, where before you step in your pew to sit down, you are supposed to kneel down 
to because like at the altar in the church is supposed to be like Christ. I remember being in actually. Wait, what? So you're supposed to go up to the altar and kneel before no. you sit in your pew? You don't go up to the altar. You just kneel at your pe- at the outside of your pew in the aisle, and then you can get in. Because wouldn't that I rem- create traffic? No. When I was a child, I went to Catholic churches. That's what I grew up in. And I remember we were given like kind of like a tour of the church and like the altar and everything and what's all up there. And they're supposedly supposed to be like a, not for real, but like, what's the word I'm looking for? Fake. I lack a better word, fake. They're um, <laughs> piece of Jesus in the altar. And you're kneeling at him, like, in gratitude of who he is. So you're supposed to do that, genuflect. You kind of bow down. You do the cross. You stand up. And then you step into the pew before you have your seat. So she would do this repeatedly. She um, And then she would convulse, crawl under the table, and bark like a dog for days what? straight. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes. Can't make this up. <laughs> I unfortunately Woof. cannot. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dog, Sean. You're such a dog. I know it. I know. Under a pew. Under See, a what pew. you guys don't know is when Missy and Johnsy are up here and they're recording, me and Sean are downstairs shooting the shit. Yep. <laughs> and that's the that's the type of crazy stuff we, we do. <laughs> Just talk stupid. Sorry. Carry on, babe. Annalise soon stopped eating as well. She said that the demons wouldn't permit her to eat, but she instead would eat spiders coal out of the fireplace she would bite heads of dead birds and even lick her own urine off of the floor now in medical terms if you hear a person is doing these things this is what would be called pica pica is a condition when someone eats non-edible things there's actually um my strange addictions that there's a lot of people in there who have pica where there was a girl who, like, she ate nail polish because she just liked nail polish. Pica's very dangerous. Uh, it's actually common with pregnant women where they would crave, like, weird things like potting soil. Because it's our body saying that we need a certain nutrient when we're pregnant, at least. This is how it's kind of been explained is that our body says, like, you need this nutrient and you can only get it from here. And that's what you crave and that's what you want. Um but it's very dangerous, and it pica can kill you because you're eating non-edible items that are not good for your body. And obviously, I mean, spiders aren't that bad for your body. Probably doesn't taste too good, but coal and biting heads of dead birds is not okay. And yes, though people claim your urine is sterile, you're not supposed to be drinking massive amounts of it. I don't, I don't think that's keto. <laughs> oh, my God. It's definitely not keto, but she wasn't drinking her friendly? urine. She was licking I don't think it. so. Right, right. Like, it was a, it was the seventies. I doubt they were worrying about keto at the time, guys. I, I almost send you guys a video. That's funny Sean. that you say that. Like, no, my strange <laughs> addiction, because this guy, he was like addicted to having relationships with his car. Oh, I've and seen like, that one. Yeah, I've that's, seen that that's one. so odd. Right, you, you guys are gonna be grounded from talking soon. Oh my gosh, <laughs> toasties. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I told Lloyd I don't hit the microphone. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it, Johnsy. She would only sleep for one to two hours a night, spending all night running through a house or in prayer and screaming to Jesus Christ for mercy. Despite her constant praying, she would also destroy rosaries and religious pictures hanging on the wall. But she was religious. She was very religious, but remember how I said back with the from, with the epilepsy that it makes you hyper-religiousity, where you or, either be extremely yeah. religious or extremely non-religious. So she's just going through one of those moments where she's like, fuck it all. Yeah, she's like, I don't like it. She was cleaning like you do. Eventually, <laughs> they would find a priest for Annalise. His name was Ernest Alt 
who stated that she did not look like an epileptic and believed that she was possessed. Now, I didn't know that epileptics had a look to them. So for him to say that, that was ridiculous. Unless he's talking about like he saw her in the stages of what they would claim to be a seizure and that it didn't look like a seizure to him. I'm not sure. But Annalise wrote to Alt stating, quote, I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. You pray for me. And she also wants to end quote. She also once told him, quote, I want to suffer for other people, but this is so cruel, end quote. So Alt petitioned to the local bishop, Joseph Stangle, who eventually approved the request and granted a local priest, Arnold Renz, permission to carry out exorcisms. Mm. But he was told to do so in secret. Now, this was in September of 1975. And he, the bishop, never asked for documentation of Annalise's mental history or any second opinions from either her psychiatrist or neurologist before doing the exorcisms. He was just like, we're doing it. We're doing this. But do it on the hush so if something bad happens, we're not accountable. Yeah, his name's not attached to it. Yeah. So, like I said, she thought she was possessed by a demon. She reached out for a priest, and then now she got granted exorcisms for her possessions. Now, exorcisms have existed in various cultures for years, but became popular in the Catholic Church in the 1500s. The priests would use the Latin phrase, and I'm not a Latin speaker, so bear with me. It's vade retro santana, meaning go back, Satan, to expel demons from their mortal host. By the 1960s, exorcisms were very rare among Catholics, but rise in movies and books like The Exorcist in the early 1970s. Um, made them kind of a little popular again. But that was a based on a real story, though, too, wasn't it? The Exorcist was not. No, that was just a story. Hmm. Really? That was not real. No. I always thought that was based upon a real story. No. Yep. This Have is you guys this, this toasty is why I call my wife Google. Hey, <laughs> you guys you guys need to watch uh, this movie that just came out, The Pope's Exorcist. It's really good. I will add that to my list. And it's about oh, sorry, a guy yes. apparently he did a over a hundred thousand exorcisms. Hmm. Which seems like me and my friend were doing the math, and that's like 10 a day for 27 years. That's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> Just saying. Fun fact. Well, speaking of a lot, now Annalise went through 67 exorcisms Gee. over the course of 10 months. <laughs> Damn. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. And they would last up to four hours long. Damn. Through these sessions, Annalise revealed she believed that she was possessed by six demons, which were Lucifer, Cain, Judas Iscariot, Adolf Hitler, Nero, and Fleshman, who actually was a disgraced priest. Why did you say Hitler's name like that? Adolf Hitler? Adolf. Whatever. Adolf. All Adolf. of which all of which would fight to have the power over Annalise and would communicate from her with a low growl. Now for fun times, and you heard me recording this earlier. Uh I'm gonna play a little clip of because they did record things of what was going on. So I'm gonna play this clip here for you of just what she sounded like during these exorcisms. And I'm going to uh, apologize because, of course, there is in another language because she is from Germany. Um, But, yeah. So so we have no clue what they're saying in there. Not other other than what it's going to sound sound she's making. Yeah. Yeah, The main thing is I want you to hear what she sounded like. So. (laughs) 
So if this is something, if they say something bad, it's it's not on us. <laughs> Stop giving me that look, Sean. You're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> All right, hold on, guys. So like I said, you you Well damn. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, in short though, I think what she was saying is that she wanted uh 
cravings meal from Taco Bell with some cinnamon twist and a Baja <laughs> blast. Shut up. Shut I really, up. I really, that's it. And instead of a soft taco, they gave her a crunchy taco. And that's why she was mad. I mean, Sean, can we get Taco Bell? Shut up. <laughs> All right. Anyways, like I was trying to say, I cannot. I cannot. John Z, John Z owes me so big right now. Can you two please pull your shit together? Sean, you're really going to get me in trouble. I'm sorry. This is going to start texting John Z over here soon. <laughs> Praise me. Praise me. <laughs> all right so as i was saying it's in another language but there's actually a few times where she did switch languages um because some of the the demons claim to be of different languages um however the demons actually were particularly interested in modern changes in the catholic church and that's what she was talking about she was talking about in church all too few pray because the priests think it's unfashionable the communion rails must go back in priests must be recognizable as priests they also may not get married and holy water should come back in the homes and the crucifix should return to its place of honor in the homes so as she's in these demon voices claiming to be a demon, that is what she is actually talking about. Damn. So they found that actually kind of peculiar about her. So this was odd because one would wonder why demonic entities would be so interested in matters that clearly would be detrimental to their own diabolical interests. And... They would also test if she was truly possessed um, because Father Renz, he would have five bottles of with water in them and some would be tap and some would be holy water and they kept them unmarked. Um, yet Annalise would only respond when holy water was used. However, there is no mention or no if she knew which bottles were which at that at any point. So that was just one of their things that they said. You must be a demon because you can tell tap water from bottled water too. It has a taste and a smell. Through these sessions, Annalise <laughs> would be restrained. And after 10 months of these exorcisms, on July 1st, 1976... Annalise died. And she was only 23 years old. Too much on her body. Though restrained, her autopsy reported um, report had indicated that she had fractured teeth, bruised limbs, in addition to blacked, blackened eyes. And these pictures of what she looked before and after the exorcisms... You would never recognize her. Unfortunately, it is terrifying to see. It also reported that the cause of her death was advanced emaciation due to malnutrition and dehydration. Because remember how I said she was living off of spiders? Yeah, she was on that keto. She weighed between 68 to 72 pounds when she died. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. On the day of her last exorcism, which was June 30th, 1976, her last words were a request. It was, quote, please absolution, end quote, and, quote, mama, stay with me. I am afraid, end quote. Mm-hmm. When asked why medical intervention had not been sought, Father Alt stated that he never considered the woman dangerously ill and that if if he had, he would have immediately called for medical assistance. She weighed 76 pounds. 
she weighed 68 to 72 pounds. So she was less than that. And she was a grown woman weighing the size of a child. Yes. So so what do you mean they didn't see something medically (laughs) wrong? Well, however, in contrast, Father Renz said, quote, the exorcism ritual expressly states that the clergymen should not burden themselves with medical matter. End quote. Which, from the rite of exorcism they were using at the time, the the 1614 de exorcisidis Again, I don't speak Latin, guys. I'm so sorry. That was way better than I could have done. From the ritual Romanum said nothing about the priest's responsibilities for the physical well-being of the possessed and instead suggests, quote, the exorcist should guard against giving or recommending any medicine to the patient, but should leave this to the physician, end quote. However, there were no physicians in this case, because remember, she thought she needed outside of medicine. She stopped her medication. She stopped seeing doctors and solely put her, her and her family, solely put her life in the hands of these two priests. Didn't at some point when they did exorcisms, they made uh, they made a medical person be there? I'll get to that. Golly. I know. Sucks, doesn't it? I, I like listening to the podcast better. <laughs> Father Renz <laughs> did say he did write to bish- the bishop prior to her death about her condition, but did not hear anything back. Now, Bishop... Uh, Sengel states he nor Father Roderick were in any direct contact with Annalise or her parents and were unaware that she was not receiving medical treatment. Now, Annalise's story after her death became a national sensation in Germany after her parents and the two priests who conducted the exorcisms were charged with negligent homicide. Mm. Yes. The state charged Annalise's parents and priests Ernest Alt and Arnold Renz. The parents were defended by attorney Ulrich Schmidt Lichner, who was a defendant for numerous persons in Nazi war crime trials. Interesting. I don't know if I would trust that person. I would not want that as my my defendant. You're defending the wrong side, my friend. Not okay. Um, And the priest defense counsel was just paid by the church. Uh, The state recommended that the parents not to be jailed, but instead... They recommended the priest should be. They stated that the parents had suffered enough, which is actually a mitigating legal factor in German penal law. Penal, penal, penal. Penis. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Fucking children. (laughs) But it's a law. Basically, because they lost their daughter, they that is a law that they, they basically suffered enough. Like, they don't need to. Even though she died because of them. Okay, so so what if what if their parents like legit murdered them? They wouldn't get charged because they suffered enough? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that would exactly work. My only thing is is I guess you can't say 100% that it is their fault because she was she was 23. Right. When it happened. When she decided to do this, she was in her 20s. She was considered a, a legal a adult. adult. However, don't you they were there during these these exorcisms. Her mother was one of the people who was holding her down. Restraining her during these situations. Yeah, so I, I don't know that I that I would be able to do to do that. No. And neither one of her parents stepped in and was like, you know what, this isn't working. We need we need more. We need better. But then again, they were that religious, so not judging anybody who's religious, guys. Not at all. The trial began March 30th, 1978. 
doctors stated that she was not possessed and that the manifestations of demonic possession were a psychological effect of her strict religious upbringing as well as her epilepsy, which is what you were saying earlier. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Schmidt argued that the exorcisms were legal and that the German constitution protected citizens in the unrestricted exercise of their religious beliefs. Fair enough. They then played videos and tapes of the exorcisms, um, seeing where the demons argued to assert their cl- assert their dominance of her, basically Annalise on who was going to be, you know, possessing her body because she had six demons trying to possess her, which the clip that you guys heard was part of that. But like I said, ironically enough, they were arguing about things that are happening in the church and how angry they were about it. Also, one of them was talking about the rosaries. She was also talking about rosaries and how they are nothing but a money grab. Um, <clears throat> they also stated that Annalise was finally freed of her demonic possessions resulting from the exorcisms just before her death. A series of doctors also stated that she could have been saved even one week before she died. So she, they could have intervened pretty much at any point. Bishop Stangle Stangle said that in the future, he will only approve exorcisms if the possessed person agrees to the presence of a doctor during the rituals. And that became a new law. Ah, see, so I was right. Yes. So so even though my wife is Google, sometimes I am, I I do know things. Yes. You get it right. (laughs) The face, the face said, well, guys. Mm Mm-hmm. In April of 1978, the parents of Annalise and the two priests were convicted of negligent homicide, but were given a suspended prison sentence, and they were ordered to share the cost of the legal proceedings. The sentences were stiffer than what the prosecutor even asked for, um, which all he asked for was that the priests were fined and the parents to just be found guilty but not punished, because again... They suffered enough. You hit that thing so much. I know. I keep telling Lloyd I don't hit it. <laughs> In a conference um, several years later, though, German bishops retracted the claim that she was ever possessed. Damn. So they're like, oh, no, we never said that. So again, like you said, I'm not bashing anybody that's religious by any ways. But so basically they're just playing a big game of whack fuck. Basically. Like. We're brushing Rack. this under, yeah. Fuck. fuck, we're brushing this under the rug, <laughs> and hope that nobody b- brings it up because mm-hmm. it could make us look bad. Mm-hmm. Essentially, after the trial, the Mitchells asked the authorities permission to exhume the remains of their daughter Annalise because she actually was buried in a hurry in a cheap coffin. Um, So they wanted to kind of do more of like a proper burial for their daughter. So almost two years after the burial on February 25th, her um, which was on February 25th, I should say, her remains were replaced in a new oak coffin lined with tin. The official reports state that the body bore signs consistent with um, deterioration of a corpse that age. Uh, the family and the priest were discouraged from views um, viewing her remains, and Father Renz later stated that he had been prevented from entering the mortuary. And Annalise's grave site remains a pilgrimage site. On June 6, 2013, though, a fire engulfed the house where the Mitchells lived. And although it was reported as a case of arson, some locals attribute the fire to the exorcism case. Huh. Just people angry about it? No, um, some people think it's just arson, other like just your typical arson case and just the house happened. I don't think they're they had lived there. It's 2013. This happened back in the 70s, and the parents her parents are actually were in their sixties when she died. So they're probably by this point long gone, if anything. Yeah. Um so the house just got on fire. 
Some people think it was just a arson. Other people think that it was uh, attributed from the exorcisms because maybe the house is possessed. Far-fetched in my opinion. I, But um, now, if this all story all sounds very familiar, like, Sean, you said something about conjuring. This is because the real story, this is the real story from the movie, The Real Exorcism, exorcism of Emily Rose. Okay. That's what okay. I, that's the movie I was thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Now the real exorcism of Emily Rose is about an American girl possessed and it talks more of the trial parts of this poor girl who went through all the stuff who actually was not possessed, she was ill and she died from all the exorcism stuff. That is the story of Annalise Mitchell. But of course they Hollywoodized it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the real story. This is her story. This is Annalise's story. And I don't believe that she was possessed. And as I read out the descriptions of the diagnosis that she possessed and the fact that she also suffered from depression, I don't believe she was possessed at all. And I feel as though she was a very much failed in getting the help she truly fucking needed. Do you think... She was just crazy? No, I think she was suffering from an actual brain illness, not a not a mental health illness. I mean, I mean she yes, she did. She did have depression. An actual men, um actual brain illness. She had this epilepsy that was destroying her brain. And that is why she started showing the signs that she had. I like Maybe I said, she I had schizophrenia. Almost. Um but this this um like I said, this epilepsy that she possessed, that she had, everything that she did was the symptoms of that epilepsy. She had a massive, um, heightened, almost, it was almost possessive in her life, like an OCD of religion in her life. And that could be contributed to the fact that she did grow up in a very, very strict Roman Catholic household. And they could be real crazy in that that's sometimes. Where, that's, that's kind of going towards like what I was saying earlier where she, yes. the demons, it was things that she feared and she basically created worst case scenarios in her head. She probably more than likely did. And, you know, again, I'm not trying to judge um, anybody's religion and whatever they find to be their peace and their sanity. They, they by all means, please have it. Don't let it go and don't let nobody make you feel any type of way about having it however myself and few others i know have experienced in times in the catholic church that fear mongering that they give you that if you don't do this you're going to hell and i mean i've experienced that in multiple different um organized religions not just the catholic church yeah but they are very like you gotta well you gotta you gotta confess to your your sins to your priest and then you have to say your rosaries and then you have to say these prayers and that prayers and then you've got to follow these this and that and if you don't do that you're going to hell yeah i'm gonna say like that kid says a bullshit a bullshit a bullshit so she very well could have had that little bit of you know fear mongreled in her brain as well as having a brain illness and I'm saying brain illness separate from mental illness because they are two different things. Yeah. The mental illness is more of a chemical imbalance in your brain. The brain illness is her brain itself was ill. Yeah. yeah. It was not yeah. function- functioning properly, which I think is what contributed to her mental illness. Because if your brain's not firing properly, the chemicals aren't going where they're supposed to go. So you're going to have that chemical imbalance. Well, they also didn't have the, the medical system that we have now where we can the test technology. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was it was it was the it was the 70s. It was I don't know what med- medicine was like in Germany in the 70s and you got to think they're still pro- they're still in the works of recovering from Hitler. Yeah. Um so there was that problem. I I have just there was a lot and I this story I I was very interested in learning this. It was really hard. Just want to let you all know to get the information on this girl because of the fact that like movies have been made on her and people really just kind of focused on, well, this girl thought she was possessed by demons. 
And they just really kind of kept summing it up and people had their own little takes on it. So I had to really piece through a bunch of different articles to find things that match to put together. And they really jumped around a lot. Now, what if she so actually I hope I was? Wasn't too jumped up. What if she was, though? You know, and they said that she was. And the, the reason that she is now free is because she died. I mean, yeah, that would make sense. I mean, but. I mean, she and her whole heart believed it. And now. Was the exorcist something that she specifically wanted, do you think? Or do you think it was more her parents pushing her to get it That sound done? It sounded like it was her. It sounded like she, when I was reading, it sounded like she first seeked it out. And her parents were just trying to support her in her decision. I think so. She was at, she was in college. She was working towards a degree to be, I believe, a doctor herself. That's such a it's a it's a shame. It really is. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for her. And that's what I'm saying. For her to just do that, don't mm-hmm. you think she might actually been possessed? Like I like what Missy said is with her brain being sick and the chemical imbalance, she probably genuinely thought she was possessed i don't think that she was truly possessed i i i don't i'm trying to say how to word this properly so i don't have sorry guys things coming at me later (laughs) um demons have better things to do than to try to take over a host they're working amongst us every day, and if you want to sit there and say that a person really could actually be possessed, then there's a lot of fucking people possessed right now, and we're watching it every fucking day. And I'll leave it at that. You're not wrong, yeah. though. I know I'm not. No, that is uh, that is very true. A lot of hatred, a lot of exactly people, a lot of judgmental people exactly evil is not going to work on just trying to take one person's body the way that it did with this poor girl it works in other ways and we see that evil every day it's working on taking over the world it's working on it and i'm gonna say if anything's possessed it's it's the world is possessed at the moment and now i'm sorry no don't go running around people and doing your prayers to think that in exercising the earth, that's not going to work. The best thing that you can do is just keep spreading the love. Love. You're such a hippie sometimes. I love it. <laughs> Spread the love. Spread the love. Yeah. Spread kindness. Spread it. Spread love because a smile will save more lives than a frown. This love and peace, y'all. Fuck <laughs> off, Sean. Love and peace. So. Look, Sean, now you're going to get in trouble. Absolutely. I probably am. Yeah, I'm definitely doing the corner tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen, especially when Missy is like, "Yeah, Sean was acting up on the podcast." I'm yep yeah, doing a corner tomorrow. Probably twenty, thirty minutes. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> yep. you know I mean? Did you see? Did you see that uh, the video where the 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 dad and the son are at his mom's house and the mom sends the dad to a timeout and then the son the son said something crazy and the grandma was like all right now you're going in a timeout and then the dad and the son look at each other it's like way to go you got us both in here oh, God. that's yeah, that's exactly. what you're doing that's what you're yeah. doing Sean yep getting us both be, in timeout <laughs> this is gonna be interesting to uh to post and see yeah, how you toasties uh you toasties respond to this and if you guys want to hear more us. from the guys <laughs> they're gonna love us they're, they're gonna, gonna love us <laughs> all right would you look at that would oh. you just look at it oh God. look, look at, at it sean and loiter on the podcast it. guys just look at it well first up i want to say thanks guys <laughs> for being here with the, with me on this no problem on this episode um and I really enjoyed it, even though you both drove me insane at the same time. Hey, I have I, a I, lot more patience, though. If you guys were with, if you guys were with, if the, if it is, if I was John Z, Sean, definitely you'd be dead already. Um, I would end up being yeah. doing an episode on your case. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I'd if, on, if, if John Z was here, 
Well, if Johnsy was here, this wouldn't be happening at all. Well, if so. Johnsy was here, I'd be downstairs, like, trying to show you my man boobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me okay, too. Okay, And I got them. Okay. Well, Toasty, <laughs> thank you for this. Thank you for coming to this shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> Make sure you guys Shenan. like and follow and share, subscribe. Find us on uh, the TikToks and the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the YouTubes and all those fun goodies. Um, hit that bell. The and, like button or the, the notification bell. Yes, that's what it was. Yes. And uh until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.